Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari. Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys and welcome to the 22nd edition of the In The Sand Show. Today we're going to have a look at all my AFL Round 8 reviews and predictions, the newly announced Tasmania team and a special interview with professional boxer Jason Waitley. So let's get into the news. To kick us off, we're going to have a look at my Round 8 reviews and predictions. But before that, we're going to have a look at extremely controversial game last week against two top sides in Collingwood and Adelaide. And this game was played last round and it was played last Sunday. Blockbuster game. Adelaide came in really hot and um, they, they really dominated the first three quarters of the game. And something that Collingwood let Essendon, Essendon do the week before. Uh, Adelaide just pounced on it and without a Ruckman, Riley O'Brien really stepped up and at the Adelaide Oval, they always play great footy there and they really gave it to Collingwood and Collingwood had to step up in the last, which we saw them do all last year and we saw them start that all, all again against Essendon on Anzac Day and there was a very um, controversial umpiring calls in the last... We had Nathan Murphy get uh, no free kick for front on contact where he was bleeding and looked concussed but wasn't. Um, no free kick and play on the ball went to Adelaide. And then as he's going off with the blood rule, which is not called again, with the trainer, Jordan Dugowie sees him coming and the play's coming over, handballs the ball out. And then um, we give away a deliberate. So... I think the umpires had to touch up on little things, especially a couple calls like that. It can really change the whole game. And we saw this again with Ash Johnson's high tackle in the goal square, not paid at all. Um, yeah, so just the umpires, they had to, they've got to fix up on these little things. Because like if you're in a grand final, dying seconds, down by a point, and that happens, it could give up a whole year's worth of work. So... Yeah, that's something I wanted to touch on. But then last quarter, Collingwood came out with a bang. And we always knew we'd come out, but the way we played in the first three quarters wasn't the Collingwood footy we've been playing over two years under Craig McRae. And I didn't think the Pies were going to get it done. Um, but if we kick the first two goals, you know we've got a sniff at winning the game. But Adelaide kicked the first, so it was just like on the back foot a little bit. But then when we get on a roll, we get on a roll and we make sure we kick goals. And... We got the win in the end. Johnny Noble took one from about 50 on an angle and then st still side bottom put away the game with a point. Um, and then a big dust more marks secured the game. And it showed Collingwood can p really play good footy when they, when they step up and they get on a little bit of a momentum streak. 
Nonetheless, let's get into round eight, which started last night. And the first game of round eight was last night, and it was a marvel. It was Brisbane against Carlton. Brisbane have jumped to the top of the AFL ladder with a 26-point win over Carlton in a Friday night blockbuster. Charlie Cameron and Zach Bailey proved the heroes for the Lions with eight goals between them in a dominant display at Marvel Stadium. Brisbane 15-10-100 to 11-8-74 of Carlton results in their fifth straight win in promising signs for last year's preliminary finalists. But it was a night to forget for the Blues who kicked just the one goal across the second and third terms and as their key pillars in Harry Mackay and Kerno couldn't get near it at all. The town jury just finished with two goals between them and Lions backmen Harris Andrews and Jack Payne had an absolute day out and Carlton have got to learn from this. They've lost some real games they need to win if they want to prove themselves to be a top eight side. And they, if they want to get far in finals or even make the top eight, these are games they need to win. It's their home deck. It's Marvel. We've seen them play some really good footy there, but over the past few weeks, it, they just haven't been stepping up. And I don't know. I think maybe it's Michael Voss's game plan with the side. It just doesn't work. But even if it's that, they've got the talent. They've got the players. They should be stepping up. And losses to Brisbane, losses, lo losses to uh, St. Kilda as well, all at Marvel. And they've played some real good footy at Marvel as well. So I don't know what's going on at Carlton. It's probably need to fix it up. And they've got a real tough run of games coming up. They've got Sydney, Collingwood. I know there's a couple more in there. I think I've got the Doggies. That's going to be really tough for them. Um, but Carlton, yeah, they need to step up their game if they want to play anywhere in the top eight. Next game, it's today. It's Richmond versus West Coast. I think Richmond will get the job done. Both teams are on a recent losing streak, and especially Richmond, with a list that they have, they've only won just the one game, and I think it's going to be a real scrappy game. It's going to be in the wet, and the G would, would have got soaked on Friday night. So I think Richmond will adapt to wet weather footy. They play okay, and we saw them play wet weather footy against Collingwood. They stayed with them up until the end-ish, where Collingwood ran over it. But uh, West Coast, they've got some little power and they're all young players. They're, they're desperate for a win and they're going to come out firing and I'm sure they're going to give Richmond a run for their money. And um, just Richmond don't have the, Richmond have the power and they just don't play with it at all. I don't know if it's Damien Hardwick's game plan again, like Michael Voss. It's just not working at the moment. And if they want to get anywhere near another premiership, they've picked up key players like Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper. They just haven't been implementing into the game style the way they want to. So I don't, I don't know about Richmond. I think Richmond will get the job done, but West Coast are really going to give them a run for their money. Next game on Saturday, it's Geelong versus Adelaide. It's at GMHBA Stadium. We've seen Geelong play some incredible footy at GMHBA, absolutely pumping Sydney in a grand final rematch. And against Adelaide, I think Adelaide are going to give a run for the money as well. Uh, Adelaide, a, a side that I think are going to be like Collingwood last year. They're going to come out of nowhere, play some incredible footy, which they have been playing so far, and really test Geelong. I still think Geelong will get the win because it's in Geelong. But we saw last week Geelong take on Essendon and getting their second win at the MCG. And then Adelaide taking on Collingwood and they dominated that game, just didn't get the win. 
Adelaide have that power to really test Geelong and they can come close, but the way Geelong adapt to the GMHBA uh, surface and the um, experience of playing on GMHBA compact stadium and uh, you've got one side that's pretty empty as well. Um, I, I still think Geelong will get the job done, but it'll, it'll be a close game. Another close game here, it's Gold Coast versus Melbourne. I think Melbourne will get the job done. And I think it's going to be close because Gold Coast play some real good footy up in Queensland. And uh, Melbourne's last game against North, they just dominated and come real close to that 100-point win, which I know they really wanted. And being around their fans, they really wanted that 100-point win. And uh, North Melbourne just run away with it in the end and kicked two late goals. But Melbourne have a team that can really win a premiership in the next couple of years or even this year. The way they move the ball and the way they play their footy, it's just impeccable. But both sides are coming in with a win. Gold Coast won last game against North and, not North, sorry, Richmond, and they really dominated. Uh, we saw Ben King step up, Marbio Chol step up. So players that we haven't seen step up at all this year really give it to um, Richmond and it shows the power that Gold Coast have that they just haven't been playing with it. Um, I still think Melbourne will get the win, but I think this game's going to be really close. Two, two sides that are really looking to be in form, and if Gold Coast want to make it anywhere near the finals, they need to win this game um, on Saturday. Next game on Saturday is GWS versus Western Bulldogs. This game's up in Canberra. This is my first big call of uh, today's show. I think GWS will get the job done. Uh, Adam Kingsley's revolutionised GWS in that little rebuild stage. And both teams coming off a win. I still think GWS will get the, get the job done. And they showed their power in last week's derby against uh, Sydney, a team that made the grand final last year. They really showed them um, who they are. And many teams look past them and not think of them as much. And now they've really put themselves on that uh, leaderboard as a tough side. Every week is a tough side in AFL, but like you play teams like GWS or you play, let's say, a West Coast, and you might take it a bit easier. But I think Western Bulldogs won't stand a chance in this game. I think GWS will get the job done by 20-odd points. On Saturday night, it's Frio versus Hawthorne. It's up at Optus. I think Frio will get the job done. I think this game can be closer than many expected. I think Hawthorne, if they want to win, they're going to have to do what North did to Frio in Frio in round two and have to replicate that because that's the way they got Fremantle and they got the win in the end. Both sides coming off losses and a win will help them. And if Frio want to play finals footy as well. They need to win this game and they need to win it The first game on Sunday is Port taking on Essendon. This game's in Adelaide, and I think this is going to be another close game. Essendon played Melbourne up in Adelaide and gathered around and got the job done, and they showed they can play some really good footy in the last couple of weeks. They showed they can play some good footy as well, especially against Collingwood. They dominated for three quarters, just got run over in the end in the last, and this happened against Geelong as well, and I think they need a win, and a win's coming for them, and... Port Adelaide, they play great in Adelaide. I think Essendon will win this game. Next game is Collingwood versus Sydney. I think Collingwood will get the win. We brought in Mason Cox back, and Sydney are coming off a really tough loss against New South Wales Derby 
in the New South Wales derby against JWS. And I think Collingwood's really going to give it to him. We actually have a Ruckman now, so it'll free up a position and we can move Billy Frampton back onto Buddy Franklin. Or if we move Darcy Moore and him, doesn't matter. But Sydney are a really tall side. Collingwood, we're not the tallest of sides, but we've shown that we can play against sides that are really tall and are really dominant up in the air. I think this game's going to be a lot like the Collingwood-Port Adelaide game where Port came out with a bang, kicked the first couple goals, but then but the rest of the game we dominated. I think that's how it's going to be. And I don't think Sydney uh, have adapted to the MCG this year. I think after their grand final loss and when they copped it against Geelong, I don't think they're confident at all at the G losing to Melbourne um, and they play well at all. The last game of round eight is North taking on St Kilda. I think the Saints will get the job done here. North haven't been playing the brand of footy. We saw them play in the first couple of rounds, but the Saints are just great at Marvel. Didn't get the job done against Port last week, but they showed they can play some really good footy. I think St. Kilda are going to win by 40 plus in this game. But that wraps up all my AFL round eight reviews and predictions. So thank you for listening to the In The Stand show. I'll catch you after the break. This is Mindy Mongwong. You're listening to Radio Karam. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make you feel alright. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right, or if you have a nasty rash, keeping you up at night, don't worry, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street For a coffee and something nice to eat Yeah, the pizzas are great In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's Caram in Station Street Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Caram. Radio 
Hey there, this is Dean Wareham from Galaxy 500. Tune in to my friend Tor Larson's psychedelic show, Sunrise on Super 8. That's Saturday mornings from 9 to midday on Radio Karam, local community radio. Welcome back to the Insane Show. And now we're going to have a look at the newly announced Tasmanian AFL team, where AFL boss Gillian McLaughlin has declared the new AFL Tasmanian team will join the competition in 2028. They're going to need to be competitive from day one to meet community expectations. And senior AFL and Tasmanian football sources have confirmed the $715 million stadium to be built at Macquarie Point on Hobart's waterfront. But despite this, there'll be four games played in Launceston at the University of Tasmania Stadium by the new Tasmanian team for an indefinite period, with the state and federal governments providing a further $130 million for Launceston. McLaughlin expressed confidence in the success of the Tasmanian team in the public and visitors to the state, embracing the new contentious new stadium, which unlike historic introduction of Tasmanian team into the AFL. I think the new Tasmanian team is going to be great for footy, provides players an extra place to get drafted and heap of opportunity. I think by the time a Tasmanian team comes into the league, they're going to need to make another team as well. I think a 20-team competition with sides coming into a league with fully forced, with experienced and inexperienced players will not only help out the teams and help out the league as well. They haven't decided on a name yet, but nonetheless, it needs to represent the entire state. And and I think the new team will boost talent in Tasmania. Many have opted to go to basketball after the introduction of the Jack Jumpers. I think it can work if they merge the Jack Jumpers, which is the basketball team, which only recently joined the NBL a couple years ago with the AFL and the AFLW sides will not only boost running for the club, but fans won't have to support many club, many clubs. So they just follow the one, don't have to pay so many memberships to watch the basketball, the AFL and the AFLW. They just got one team. And I think if they merge them, it's gonna be great for the state is that the Jack Jumpers have so many supporters in Tasmania, they can just hop on the bandwagon to the AFL side as well. But that wraps up all the news on the new Tasmania team. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright
this is Minimum One. You're listening to Radio Karam. Hi, I'm Josie from Space Folk, and when I want to stay groovy, I listen to Radio Karam. If you feel the Karam way, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lace, just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Tall, tall, tall. Real estate. Oh yeah, real little real estate. estate. We want more. We're done. One take. Welcome back to the In The Sand Show, and now we're joined with ex-Olympian and Commonwealth Games medalist and professional boxer Jason Waitley. So first of all, Jason, how are you going? I'm going well, mate. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So in 2016, you got the opportunity to represent Australia at the Olympics up in Brazil. How was that experience? It was awesome, eh? It was a great experience. It's something that all athletes sort of aim to to try and get to the Olympics. So it was a dream come true for me to get there and represent Australia. Um, it was sort of something that I wanted since I've since I've been boxing. I missed out on 2012. Um, so to get the opportunity to you know represent Australia on the world's biggest stage was unreal, mate. It's uh, something I'll remember forever and, and cherish forever. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So in 2018, you won the silver medal at the Commonwealth Games up in the Gold Coast. You beat some really tough opponents and you only lost to well-renowned David Naika. How was that experience? And especially how was that fight, that gold medal fight with David Naika? Um, the experience overall was great, especially coming from, you know, I fought at the Olympics in Brazil and I, I fought a lot all over the world in different countries and stuff like that. So to be able to fight, in front of all the Australians uh, up in Queensland, it was unreal. It was something that I sort of wasn't used to and I really liked having the crowd on my side for once, which was really good. Yep. Um, it was a real big thrill having, you know, friends and family being able to come and watch as well. So it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed the tournament. Uh, my preparation was good. I'd been in America and prepared for it, so everything was really good for it. Um, I had a couple of good fights. I thought I beat some good opposition and then come up against Naika and um, I just wasn't my nightmare. I did perform very well and David Naika is a hell of a fighter. He's, you know, he's probably one of the best fighters I've fought. So he's a very tricky fighter and when you've only got him for three rounds, he's he's very hard to beat. Yep, yep. So last October, you made the journey up to Poland to face tough Polish Mustanak. You unfortunately didn't get the win. How was that experience and how did it feel fighting your first international professional fight? Yeah, it was good, mate. It was good. Um, you know, like you said, the fight wasn't sort of how we wanted, but you know, I learned a lot out of out of the experience and took a lot out of it. Um, there was a lot of things that I was able to sort of pick up where I went wrong and things that I'll be able to work on to be better next time. So, you know, all I can do is, you know, is learn from experiences like that. You know, you can't always win in life, so you just gotta try and learn from it. So that's sort of what we did and 
move on to the next one. Yep, yep. So what's your plan for the rest of the year? Do you have any fights lined up or up and coming? Um, I haven't got anything as yet. I had a couple of injuries sort of that I was sort of letting get, um, you know, fixed up, healed up. So we haven't got anything locked in as yet. We're sort of looking around at the moment to see what we can sort of get. I'd love to fight for a Commonwealth title this year. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but that's the plan. So nothing in, in concrete yet, but I'd love to fight for a Commonwealth title. Yep, yep. So last question today. You fought 11 professional fights, many amateur fights. Which one has been your favourite and why? Um, I reckon probably my favourite fight was qualifying for the Olympic Games in um, 2016 in China when I, yeah. when I won that fight and qualified for the Australian team. I reckon that was probably my most memorable fight and, um, yeah, definitely my best win, that's for sure. It was, yeah, very memorable. Yeah, so that wraps up all the questions today. So thank you, Jason, for joining me today. I really appreciate it, and I wish you the best of luck for the rest of your boxing career. My pleasure, mate. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. That wraps up the In The Sand show for this week, so thank you for listening to the In The Sand show. I'll catch you next week. Walsh has got it, swinging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Colin would win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamar Hagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamar Glory!